Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. Today we speak with USD alumna and yoga expert Rebecca Johnson from Soul Story Yoga in Yankton, South Dakota for National Yoga Awareness Month. Hi Rebecca, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Now, can you tell us a little bit about maybe what you do um, and how you got interested in yoga? Yeah. So I own Soul Story Yoga in Yankton. Um, It's downtown, right on our downtown's main street. And um, I actually started doing yoga, I think, around 2006. Um, I went to a class um, taught by a friend of mine at a fitness center here in Yankton and um, was pretty much hooked right from the beginning. It was challenging to me and I'd been interested in fitness for a long time and exercise, but um, I really liked the way yoga made me feel, you know, the calming effects of it. And, um, you know, one of the benefits that I felt immediately, um, me personally, I had struggled with an eating disorder, like the end, during the end of high school and, um, the beginning of my college years. And, um, though I was, you know, I felt I was recovered from my eating disorder, but I still had problems with body image. And so with yoga, it really helped me to start to appreciate more how my body felt and what it could do. And I felt strong and, um, I felt like I was worrying less about what my body looked like. So, um, pretty, you know, soon after I started doing yoga, I felt like I wanted to become a yoga teacher so I could kind of start to share that same experience with other people. So that's kind of how I got started with it. Well, maybe we should take a step back. I mean, for someone who has no familiarity with yoga, they think it's just like meditation, you know, they have no idea. I mean, what, what is yoga? What would a typical, um, like yoga session look like? Yeah, well, there are a lot of different styles. So, you know, it kind of depends on the style of yoga that you're taking. Um, Me personally, I mostly teach a vinyasa style, which is um, like a flowing style of yoga. And um, typically my classes, um, I usually start with everyone lying down and ask people to close their eyes and start to focus on the breath. And um, it's, you know, kind of considered a type of center centering to help ground you um, and kind of take you into the present moment because people are usually coming from a busy day. Um, And then I'll ask them to, you know, deepen their breathing and just acknowledge any thoughts and let them pass as much as they're able to. And um, usually ask people to set an intention, which is basically just um, asking them to think about the type of feeling they want to surround themselves with during class, or maybe they can think about something that they're working to accomplish in their life. And then um, we'll start with, um, you know, some kind of warm up movement, linking poses with breath, movement with breath, and um, usually, you know, bring them to standing and do some sun salutations to warm the body up even more, Um, have some standing poses that are held for longer periods, maybe some balance poses. And then I um, like to end each hour class with about 10 to 15 minutes of guided relaxation. 
And um, and then we end saying namaste to each other. You know, you had talked about how, you know, in your own life, you know, yoga helped you deal with, you know, personal problems, issues like body image. Uh, I'm kind of curious, do you think it, you know, when you kind of describe what a typical class is like, I mean, is it the mental aspect that yoga brings that's calming or is it, you know, also sort of the physical aspect of it? I mean, how, you know, why does yoga, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, give benefits like this to people, um, you know, that, that, you know, go beyond just like what the physical movement, um, you know, might help someone with um, physically? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is, um, the breathing really, you know, a lot of times people will feel relaxed almost immediately after a yoga class or people will often tell me that even after their first yoga class that they slept really great, um, that night, um, which often surprises me that it works that fast, but for a lot of people it does. And so, um, the, Linking poses with breath, it, you know, it's kind of like a meditative movement um, where it might be really hard for people to just sit down and meditate, but um, linking the movement with breath kind of creates that similar experience for people in an easier way. And um, the deep breathing that we practice in yoga, um, it stim- stimulates the Um, I believe it would be the parasympathetic nervous system, kind of the rest and digest response. So um, that's a big part of it that makes it so special compared to just um, running on a treadmill, I guess. What are the biggest benefits that you you typically see from people that just start yoga? Um, You know, it helps people to manage stress. Um, Yoga helps to reduce cortisol, the stress hormone in the body. Um, it helps to lower blood pressure for a lot of people. Um, it's, it is a weight bearing exercise still. So it does, um, improve strength and muscle tone. Um, I think a lot of times people think of yoga as being about flexibility, which it does certainly help flexibility, but, um, that's not necessarily the main goal. Um, it helps a lot of people with strength. Like I said, um, man, there's so many benefits. It's certainly not a panacea, but there, there are a lot of, um, health benefits to it, you know, with lowering the stress cortisol, it can even just the effect of lowering cortisol can help people reduce their risk of things like diabetes, cancer, heart disease, all kinds of stuff. You know, you had talked about um, just a second ago that, you know, some, sometimes people think that yoga is just like stretching. I mean, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that some people have about yoga um, that you find in your practice? Well, a lot of times people say, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. And um, that I don't want to say that's frustrating for me to hear people say that, but it kind of is because, you know, you don't need to be flexible to do yoga. Like I said, it certainly helps with your flexibility and will improve your flexibility over time. So I feel like if somebody says I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible, they really should be doing yoga to help their flexibility. Um, in a lot of ways, um, you know, not being flexible, it can be kind of helpful to you in yoga because, um, like certain people who are excessively flexible, 
they have to be a little bit more careful um, it, because they're at greater risk of maybe injury to their joints by pushing their joints too far beyond normal range of motion. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it does for sure. Well, and that was another question I wanted to ask, you know, if let's say I'm like an older person or I've just never tried yoga. I mean, is yoga right for everyone? What, what, you know, what would you suggest as far as that? Well, there's, you know, there's so many different styles of yoga. And so if someone's concerned, if yoga is right for them, it, you know, I would suggest like if you're interested in taking yoga at my studio, definitely reach out to me and I can kind of ask you more questions and figure out um, what classes would work best for you. Because we have, um, besides myself, I have five other different teachers. And so we teach several different styles like power yoga, yin yoga, gentle yoga. Um, so, yeah, I guess. Just maybe ask for some guidance if you're wondering. You had talked about, you know, there's power yoga, there's kind of gentle yoga. I mean, where would you suggest someone begin and how does one kind of progress through yoga? Do you find that people find a class that they like or do people kind of mix it up? You know, there's a little bit of both at my studio. It, you know, it does seem like there are people who have their favorite teachers and then they stick to that one style of class. But, um, but then there are people who mix it up and, and get a variety. And I think that's really good. Um, when someone's interested in getting started at my studio, I usually suggest that they start with our gentle yoga classes because um, they're a slower pace and, um, they, and they're kind of designed. So you're not like getting up and down from the floor a lot because I, you know, I think people can, get into a class that's too fast for them. And then that gets frustrating and discouraging. Um, so usually suggest people start off with a slower class. So it's easier for them to follow along. Um, we have a candlelight yin yoga class that is really nice. And, um, actually in that class, I don't think, um, that I don't teach it, but I don't think you ever actually stand up in that class. It's all done on the floor and, just um, relaxing poses, encouraging the use of props like bolsters and blocks to help you settle into the pose. So I usually suggest people start with that, especially if, you know, if they have any concern, like sometimes people will message me and say, I, you know, I'm really out of shape and I don't exercise. Can I do yoga? And so usually like to start them off with something simpler so they can feel successful. Rebecca, but you know, before we um, hit record on the podcast, you were uh, telling me just kind of about your personal history. You know, you had graduated with a degree in advertising and you have a master's degree um, in contemporary journalism um, with a focus on public relations. I'm curious how that kind of fed into um, your desire to kind of start your own business and become a yoga instructor and how you think maybe those two different career paths really feed into one another. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and yeah, I don't have a traditional background in exercise science or anything like that. Um, when I was a kid, I kind of wanted to be an aerobics instructor. I don't know if that's kind of how some of it started. Um, I never went into that. Um, but yeah, so 
I, you know, I've always had an interest in exercise. It's something that I've enjoyed. Um, but, you know, like I mentioned, when I started doing yoga, it was something that was helpful to me. I think just the meditative aspects of it. Um, and hmm, this is the hard question for me. So, um, I, you know, I think part of it, um, when, after I graduated from college, I, you know, I worked at a couple of different jobs and in, in between that too, I also freelanced as a graphic designer. So I kind of enjoyed having my own business and, um, freedom with that. And, um, you know, after I went to, so I did it initially a 200 hour yoga teacher training in 2008. And, um, and then in 2017, I did do a 100 hour advanced yoga teacher training in San Francisco with, um, Jason Crandall, who's a pretty well-known, um, yoga teacher because I wanted to, you know, kind of learn more about anatomy and physiology and kind of get more like the exercise science background, as you mentioned. And, um, and it was after that where I felt more confident that, you know, I was ready to open my own yoga studio, but, um, to kind of tie it together, I think, you know, with my background with advertising and public relations, that has been really helpful to be, um, running this business because, um, you know, I'm previously, I've had quite a bit of social media experience and obviously graphic design experience and, um, it's kind of helped me with the business mindset to be able to market this yoga studio and grow it as a business in our community. You know, uh, of course, part of um, being a yoga instructor is the actual instruction part. What What have you learned about being a teacher? What do you think makes an effective yoga instructor? Well, you need to um, be able to give clear, concise instruction and um and that, you know, will look different, I think, for different students. People have different learning styles. So you kind of need to be able to do the combination of demonstrating the pose for people, but also giving people space to find the pose in their own body and make mistakes. Um, some yoga teachers will give hands-on physical adjustments to people. Um, I don't personally do that. I prefer to give verbal cues and um, allow people to find the pose themselves. Um, you need patience. You need patience for your students, but you also need patience for yourself, I think, to um, allow yourself to not have to be perfect and get everything exactly right in class because you don't, you don't really know for sure what's going to happen in class. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> no, no, for sure. Um, you know, are there any particular like humorous stories that you have, you know, as far as yoga, um, anything that like sticks out, you know, to you about, you know, what makes you passionate about doing this every single day? Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, I've been a little bit of perfectionist in my life and part of being a yoga teacher has taught me to let go of some of that. Um, I, you know, I, before I opened my yoga studio, I taught for almost 10 years at the summit activities center in Yankton, which it, 
it's a great community center. And I'm really glad for that experience because I um, was able to, you know, meet all different kinds of people, you know, people who weren't necessarily traditional yogis, but they came into my class because they heard yoga was good for them for whatever reason. And, um, but like the first thing I thought of when you asked me that is, so there was one class where I think they were high school students that came to my class for whatever reason. And, um, at the summit activity center, the yoga class was just in this meeting room basically. And, um, during class, some, one of those high school students, I think it was their sister or something just came into the room and brought them a bag of Taco Bell. Um, I think their mom was worried that they weren't going to um, be able to eat dinner before whatever their next activity was. That that was one of the weirdest things that ever happened and just thought, well, I didn't see that coming. Maybe that's a new uh, form of yoga, yoga and, and fast food or yoga and Taco Bell. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, there's beer yoga and wine yoga, maybe, maybe taco <laughs> yoga. Um, you know, as kind of a last question, you know, it's um, September is actual National Yoga Awareness Month. That was part of the reason we wanted to bring you on, obviously. Um, but, you know, if you were going to try um, to describe yoga or you wanted, you know, our general audience to know um, one thing about yoga that you think they may not know, what piece of awareness would you like them to? Uh, to, to know um, or be aware of about yoga that y- you think that, you know, there, there might be some myths about? Well, like I mentioned, you don't need to be flexible to do yoga. Um, oftentimes people will message me and say, um, I'm overweight. Can I do yoga? I really think that yoga is for everybody um, as long as you find the right style or the right class for you. And if you try one class and you don't like it, um, try more than once uh, because definitely the first time you try yoga, it's, it's going to be awkward. There, um, there are going to be things that are confusing. Um, but the more you try it, I, you know, I have this, I've, you know, I don't want to be cliche and say you'll fall in love with it, but I mean, because that's what happened to me and that it happens to a lot of people. Um, so, you know, just keep trying. There's so many benefits to it and it's worth a try. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And just for our audience one more time, where can they um, find you and more information about yoga here in the uh, Southeast Vermilion and, and Yankton communities? Yeah, so I'm at Soul Story Yoga in Yankton. I'm at 215 West 3rd Street. Um, we're in Yankton's downtown, basically our main street there. And um, you can find my website at soulstoryyoga.com. And we're also on the Mind Body app. Our schedule is on there, and you can register for classes through the Mind Body app or through my website. And you can email me at info at soulstoryyoga.com or call 605-660-0067. And of course, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. Listening is 100% of the grades. We hope you enjoyed the episode. 
Next week, we speak with Coach Bob Nielsen, head coach of the USD football team, about his career and the Coyotes' upcoming Dakota Days homecoming game. Until next time, go Yotes.